Yeah, hi everyone. Welcome back to the Eurovision podcast. We or, th nope, that's not what this is called. Welcome that's back fine. to the Eurovision Rewind podcast. Um, we missed not you. Not the first time uh, you've bought theme code. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the pressure is just so high, and it gets to my head. I don't know what to say. Um, I thought we could do fun introductions based was... on like aspects of the song contest. Okay, what do you have in mind? I am uh, a man that was rushed off stage by security personnel, Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> I am, oh, I believe it was Georgia in the Georgian performance. Oh, no, 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 it wasn't. I forget who, I forget which performance it was. But I am that crazy eccentric violinist guy who like gets on his knees and bangs his head, but not in a good way. You kind of are, though. <laughs> <laughs> not, not the Moldovan performance, though. That, oh, it's I'm Albania. so excited. Oh, yeah, that is Albania. We'll get to Moldova. Yes. And I... And the gender bent version of the sexy robot from Turkey's <laughs> Ellis. I I called Ellis. it uh, sexy Daft Punk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. And yeah, welcome to Eurovision 2010. Before we get into the year, shall we go over our songs of the week? Yeah. So I. Ellis, you seem excited. You want to start? I am very excited. Yeah. I last contest we did, I accidentally chose a song that was one year after the contest uh and released and so this contest i was like you know what i'll just i'll, I'll find a song from 2010 and so i looked at so a bunch of stuff i looked at music that came out in 2010 and realized that this was harder than i thought because multiple of my favorite albums of all time came out in 2010 and so i'm just gonna name a couple rapid fire dancing on my own by robin cold war by janelle Monet, dance yourself clean by lcd sound system and uh, Watercolor by Pendulum. So there you go. There's four songs from 2010 that are all fantastic. Isn't that that one Pendulum song you like? That is that one Pendulum song I like. Hold on. Okay, Google, play that one Pendulum song I like. Playing Pendulum on Spotify. Oh, crap, it didn't work. <laughs> well, I guess I got to fix that macro. Um, let's oh. see. <laughs> a song that I've been listening to recently. Um, a lot of Joy Crooks. She's a, a British kind of R&B soul singer. Great stuff. Also, uh, Leon Le Havis just released a new EP. At the time of recording, it was released yesterday. Great stuff. I'm in a very like kind of smooth, sultry mood recently. Nice. Working well. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. I love that. Um, I have the pretty much opposite of that. The song that I chose was Alaska by the Voluptuous Horror of Karen Black. Great name. It truly is. Um, I've gotten back into them. They're like this weird like, cabaret performance art Whoa. punk glam rock band from New York from the 90s. Hell yeah. And yeah, and I discovered them when I was like 14 because um, I was at my local Newbury Comics and one of their CDs was like, they were, it, it was in stock, I guess. Um, and I didn't buy it, but I saw it and it made a really like big visual impact on me because... The band always has like monochrome body paint on and the lead singer is always naked. Like, let me Whoa. hold on. Let me see if I can find a picture. What did you say the band was called again? Voluptuous Horror of Karen Black. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah, it's wild. What is? Wow. And the song that I chose is about like pollution and how like she wants to move to Alaska because people don't know how to clean their houses and they don't know how to keep the world clean. And Alaska is clean, and the lyrics are really funny too. I don't know. I I got a I got a hoot out of oh uh, going back to their Spotify page. Actually, That's awesome. Also, I, speaking of environment, so I watched them live videos. 
for the first time and that was worth it. <laughs> Speaking of environmentalist music, I remembered another thing that came out in 2010, uh, Plastic Beach by Gorillaz. So oh, just shout out to that. Ooh. That's great. Stick. Yeah. Mm, uh, mm, uh, stick Melancholy Hill onto my list. Ooh, lovely. Not white. Speaking flag. of environmentalism, huh? Not nothing, nothing. Just another gorilla's melancholy or plastic hill. Oh, gotcha. Plastic you. beach. Wow. White flag is also good. Um, the other one I was plastic thinking of melancholy was beach. rhinestone eyes, glitter freeze, <laughs> super fast jellyfish. Oh, I love super fast jellyfish. Yeah. Jonathan, this band has 420 monthly listeners on Spotify. So I am anyone... on their Spotify page right now, and I saw that. If anyone is listening to this, this is a, a undiscovered gem, you know? <laughs> it truly is, and I want you to discover them, but also I want the 420 monthly listeners to stay there, but... <laughs> for every, we can every, get it to, like... Every person that we bring to this band, we have to remove someone else from listening to this band, either by force Con or persuasion. Law of conservation of... Voluptuous horror of Karen Black listeners. Exactly. Um, but speaking of environmentalism, this is, like tangents not we don't have time for that but um did you know that um greta thunberg has a eurovision connection she Ooh, does. what is it um her mom went to eurovision neat like performed or visited no performed oh wow 2009 oh yeah awesome. she was like yeah she's an opera singer oh. i'm excited uh -oh. to we ever do that. 2009 which probably won't anytime soon but like just in general check out sweden eurovision 2009 because it's greta thunberg's mom and also it's very fun <laughs> Nate. Speaking of very fun, what, what fun things happened in 2010? I, Millen, you know what? I'm so glad you asked. Um, I might have a little bit of information on it. Wonderful. Ooh. You guys are ready to hear. Hell yeah. Alrighty. 2010 doesn't seem all that long ago, but I guess it was. It's been 10 years. <laughs> the iPhone 4 and the original iPad were just hitting the shelves while the first Instagram posts were created by its two co-founders. Natural disasters were also abundant in this year with debilitating earthquakes hitting Haiti and Chile, and the Deepwater Horizon oil drilling platform exploding in the Gulf of Mexico, triggering a calamitous oil spill. Science thrived this year with the CERN researchers trapping antimatter for the first time in human history, the International Space Station breaking the record for the longest continuous human occupation of space, and the creation of the first functional synthetic genome. Germany paid back its final debts from World War I at the same time that the Netherlands Antilles were dissolved into independent states, and the IMF and Eurozone agreed to a 110 billion euro bailout plan for the struggling Greek economy. With the end of the Chadian Civil War, the start of the Tunisian Revolution and Arab Spring, and Julia Gillard being sworn in as Australia's first female prime minister, 2010 was a year of monumental change. Also in 2010, Justin Bieber, Katy Perry, Arcade Fire, Rihanna, Eminem, CeeLo Green, Robin, Beyonce, Lady Gaga, and the Black Keys were topping charts all over the world. The H1N1 pandemic was declared officially over by the World Health Organization, concurrently to Inception and the King's Speech gracing our movie screens. This year, WikiLeaks made headlines after having leaked over 90,000 internal reports of U.S. involvement in Afghanistan, as did the completion of the Burj Khalifa in Dubai and the breakup of Norwegian band AHA. Speaking of Norway, the largest worldwide television event of 2010 took place in Oslo during the week of May 23rd, the 55th Eurovision Song Contest. Get ready to look back at the year that was, 2010. Dude, so many parallels to our current era, our current time. I mean, truly, economic downfall, disease, Rihanna. <laughs> <laughs> the four horsemen of the apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, also, two more uh, uh, music releases that neither of us mentioned. Uh, the first Skrillex EP, and also My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, which was uh, up until very oh. recently the last 10 that Pitchfork gave. Shout out to uh, Fiona Apple for that, for taking that <gasps> crown. Oh Big ups. I love Fiona Apple. Dude, it's like, you can't talk about it. <laughs> um, also, <laughs> um, I looked at um, the European Top 10 of the week, um, and it included a lot of um, artists that I already mentioned. Number one was Telephone by Lady Gaga and Beyonce. Um, there was also Teo Cruz, who's apparently British. I thought he was American. Cruz! No, I know he's British because he, really... um, he was at the closing ceremony of uh, UK 2012. Oh, cool. Okay. I forgot about that. I was shocked to learn that he was British today. <laughs> um, also, uh, Adam Lambert, Cheryl Cole, Stromae, Cuddy, mm. Crane, all in the top 10. What was Wait, who was that last one? Crane, the band Train. Oh, oh, Train. Oh. Okay. Cool. His soul sister, yeah. Yeah. Also, some people that I've never, I've never heard of. Um, number five was Stereo Love by Edward Maya and Vika oh, Yugulina. I love that song. I've never heard of it. Uh, you have. You, you've definitely heard it. You just don't know the name. Hold on. But interesting Eurovision parallel. Um, Ed Maya is from Romania and Vika Yugulina is from Moldova. Oh, nice. Oh, I have heard this song. You're absolutely right. Yeah, it's that one. <laughs> it's the one that sounds like the JLo song. I don't know if I know the JLo one. I know that one for sure. I don't know if I know that song. <laughs> There's the JLo one that has like a similar descending riff that I can't oh, remember. Okay, cool. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, I love that song. That's great. I think I might know the JLo song, but not Stereo Love. I think the, also the um, at number 10. Like, night we're going out on the floor or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, the, um, the one that... um. Crystal Method and Jackie Cox lipsing too. Oh sure, okay. On the floor, yeah. <laughs> also, um, at number ten was "I Like" by Carrie Hilson. Do you know who that is? Nope. Mm-mm. I don't either. She's from America, I guess. Um, I didn't have a chance to go back and listen to that one though. But that was number ten in Europe. But also, I looked at the American chart, and it was a lot of the same. Um, Eminem was number one that this week. Ew. The song "Not Afraid." Okay, less you. I don't Eminem on this podcast. Also, three hundred three. Do you remember them? Yes. My first kiss, three hundred three, featuring uh, Kesha, is like number something. The Billboard Hot two hundred. Quinn and, and also so is three back. We're gonna do it. Yeah. <laughs> there are a concerning amount of Glee covers in this chart. Oh, oh no! What? Like in... like, like at number six. Number 16, Total Eclipse of the Heart, Glee cast featuring Jonathan Groff. Um, there are others. Let me just scroll through. Hold on. Wait, and this is just um, for the U.S., right? It's not like worldwide. for the U.S. Okay, that's, that's no, this is the, much better. Well, this is the Billboard Hot 100, which I think is just America. I think the U.S. is a blight on the music world. <laughs> it's me funny. Too. You, can definitely I, see the, uh, you can definitely see the Glee influence on the Lithuanian song this year. What do you mean? They, they, it was like half a acapella thing. Oh, that's true, I guess. Ace Ice Baby by the Glee cast, number 74. I'm disgusted. <laughs> Insert that hateful. on that noise. Physical cover of Olivia Newton-John by the Glee cast, featuring Olivia Newton-John, number 89. Oh, no. I mean, if, if Olivia Newton-John... You can't touch this by the Glee cast, number 92. What is this? This was also the same year that Under Pressure, open brackets, Ice Ice Baby, closed brackets by Jedward came out. So I suppose it was in the air. Yes. Jedward. Did Jedward Eurovision. do Eurovision? 
Twice, yes. Oh, shit. I didn't realize that. Yeah, baby. I can't wait until we do one of those. 2011 and 2012, we just missed it. Oh, oh man. So I feel like we've talked. We've made a lot of references to uh, Eurovision 2010. I feel like it's time to start getting into it. Yeah, I'm excited. I am too. Um, so we decided that for the sake of not having a four-hour podcast, that um, we wouldn't go through every song since th- this is a year that has a, a two semifinals. So we've kind of just decided to bring up a few songs in the semifinal that are worth talking about and then going through each song in the final. So, um, Alice, did you want to uh, talk about your picks uh, from the semifinal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought there were there were two songs. Uh, there were two songs from the semifinal that stuck out to me. A bunch of like perfectly okay ones, and then a couple that are like, "Oh, I'm glad there's a semifinal, so I didn't have to actually pay attention to this one." Um, mm-hmm. I thought Slovakia's was kind of cool. They had this whole like druidic aesthetic. Um, that yeah. I was really vibing with, uh, he says as he listens to more and more folk metal. Um, <laughs> but I really liked that. Uh, the song was kind of weak, but the 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 staging was mm, top notch. And then also Lithuania's was just incredible. Like I haven't had a chance <laughs> to, get, to be biased towards Lithuania on this podcast yet, um, and so I was looking forward to that. And then they just like they did so perfectly that the bias doesn't even like factor into how much i enjoyed this song this was great it was absurd <laughs> and it absolutely should have been in the main contest over uh, over ireland oh our our, our biases like, are coming out ahead with that statement <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no um, uh, they they like they started out as an acapella song then brought in kazoos yes kazoos on eurovision yes. then <laughs> brought out a bunch of fake instruments and danced around and looked crazy then started talking about like European unity and geopolitics and then tore away their pants to reveal silver sequined biker shorts. So <laughs> I think all in all, top-notch performance. Yeah, for context, I think I watched the 2010 contest like when I was like 15 or something and I hadn't really watched it since. So what I remembered from uh, Lithuania was like, oh, it's that like stupid gimmicky song with like the glittery underwear and like the fake instruments. But honestly, I watched it this time and it kind of pops off, not gonna lie. It really does, and it really is. It, I'm. It's very unfortunate that this one got lost in the semifinals, but it's like not that it would have done well in the finals, but it deserves to be seen on that stage. Yeah, and it came pretty close. I think it got 12th place in the top 10, the qualifying. So what yeah, time? yeah. So um, in terms of the songs that I wanted to bring up, I'm glad you brought up Slovakia because um, I wasn't going to, and I think that's kind of an important one to bring up because the Eurovision fandom tends to kind of agree that that was very notable instance of a song being robbed my so my absolute favorite out of the non-qualifiers is finland by far i love this song and this performance oh, i don't think i liked that one what oh my god okay so um i just loved it i thought it was it was like peak so i love the finnish language i just think it's a really cool language to listen to the sounds are like really cool in my opinion and i thought it was just such a fun performance and it was just very carefree and the song itself was very kind of like finnish folk vibes or kind of just what I imagine Finnish folk music might be like as it would be translated to the Eurovision stage. And I thought it was so fun. There was like fun like dancing and it wasn't the most polished, but I think that kind of endeared it to me more. I also want to talk about Poland quickly because the song isn't anything special, but it was truly the wildest performance of that semifinal because 
There was this weird like apple choreography and then like all of the backing dancers dramatically bit into their apples at one point, which caught me by surprise. Super organism type this... beat. <laughs> yes. And um, there was this really weird part at the end where he like puts one of the female backing, like the lead singer, puts one of the female backing dancers into like a headlock and then the other backing dancers like rip off her shirt. I only, like, reveal... I, I only half watched these because I was like, oh, I don't want to take notes on these. We're just going to cover them briefly and so i was playing magic the gathering while i watched this and i glanced over and i saw that and i was like <laughs> oh oh no what did i miss this is very uncomfortable yeah and like not that like having your titties out at eurovision is necessarily bad but like it seemed like a lot of invoking force on someone and uneven power dynamics so i was like huh that's interesting <laughs> that is unfortunate um, yeah but uh, honestly sort of a bop i don't know unreal mention goes to switzerland i liked it i thought it was fun i know it's not a very good song <laughs> I also think um, Sweden is worth mentioning. I so this is the only year since the introduction to the semifinals that Sweden has not qualified. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, and um, that's entirely fair. It is more than entirely fair because this might be my least favorite performance of the entire year. It was because like I, yeah, because I think that I don't know people have a high standard for Sweden because they tend to do very well, and this one very nearly qualified. It got eleventh, and. It's kind of just like, oh yeah, that's the song that like didn't qualify for Sweden that people kind of like. So I remember it being a lot better than I think it actually was. And I watched when I watched it for this, I was just like shocked at how mediocre it was because she had no real stage presence. She wasn't very confident. Her voice was shaky. My biggest pet peeve though was that um, she had this guitar prop that she wasn't playing, and she had a capo on it that was first of all on crooked on the wrong side of the guitar and like in terms of like the placement on the fret it was like at the exact wrong place so like and i guess not everyone plays guitar but like even looking at it you'll you would see that like oh that's crooked and that looks bad that's funny i don't know this performance yeah. just didn't do it for me and i think this was kind of sweden was not robbed in my opinion this yeah. kind of deserved to stay in the semi-final for me the only part worth writing home about for this one was the hatsune miku glow sticks in the audience <laughs> Did they, did they have those? Yeah, they, they, they do the glow sticks at Hatsune Miku concerts. No, but I meant um, for up Sweden. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so, yeah, without further ado, the Eurovision Song Contest 2010 begin with song number one, which was Azer Azerbaijan Safura with the song Drip Drop. Who wants to start on this one? I'll take this one. This was, I think, entirely fine as a song and like as a performance and everything. But I really appreciated having this one first because it is a great indicator of how much the production values have gone up since the last couple ones we've covered. Absolutely. Because before yeah. this, before this, the most recent one we've done was 03. And it was like, it was very high camp. There were some there were some shows that had like full bands and big theming and a lot of that sort of stuff. But they like weren't taking that much advantage of the stage and the lights in the grand scheme of things. And this was great because it was like 
the song itself is not that much of a standout. Like it's 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 probably gonna end up in the top half, but it's like not it's not it's not one of the big like ooh mega performances. And even still, the staging of this one is so much more intricate and involved than we've seen in previous years that it's really a great demonstration of like in the time that's passed, this has become so much more pageantry and it's great. I'm not going to necessarily disagree with you. I think that this stage performance was very involved and intricate, but I think it kind of takes away from the song to an extent because I like the song a lot, actually. Like, I've listened to it. I think it's on, like, one of my Spotify playlists. Like, I think it's a good song, but I just think there's too much going on. I think this would have benefited, at least in my eyes, from a much simpler staging because you have, like, a singer, and she's in this weird light-up dress, and then there's this LED staircase that she walks down, and then there's a LA dancer that's doing, like, this weird interpretive dance thing, and then she keeps running around the stage, and there's a wind machine, and she's kind of overexerting her voice, and it... I don't know. I think there's two... They kind of, like, threw everything but the kitchen sink, but also the kitchen sink at this, and I don't <laughs> know if it necessarily needed it. I, I agree with your assessment of this one, in, like, of this performance being hindered by kind of the excess uh staging there's some other examples of this later on mm-hmm. but i think just as far as like showing what's possible uh, yeah as far as showing what's possible it's pretty cool and definitely there are performances later on which which use it to a much better effect uh, also for what it's worth i i was casually counting up wind machines and there <laughs> are let's see uh, there are at least nine uses of a wind machine over the course of this performance. And there, there are 25 total Amazing. performances, so that's, that's a significant <laughs> portion. Okay, I didn't, I didn't like this song as much as you did, Jonathan, I think. I thought it was a fine way to start the show as like a, I don't know, there's more to come kind of thing. But yeah, it was, it was a little bit on the slower side. But it wasn't, you know, it wasn't also a ballad, so that's a that's a good thing. She definitely had a lot of energy, but it, it, like you said, it kind of felt a little bit all over the place in the live performance. And the lyrics, I was not not a fan of the lyrics in this one. They felt like something that I could write, and given that <laughs> I am not at all a songwriter, that's not a compliment. <laughs> like the rhymes felt yeah. very kind of. They were tenuous and the like sometimes they were slant rhymes, sometimes they were like, okay, clearly they were trying to go for a rhyme here and just flopped. And it was also the kind of the themes of the song itself were very I don't know, juvenile or amateur in a way. It's like there was no deeper meaning, no nothing like that, which is fine for a Eurovision song, but exceptionally so in this case. Also this is one of the years where people can sing in not their native language, which I don't, I don't think it hurt this song in particular, but there's, I get like a lot of of reliance on English, which I think is detrimental to songs in some cases. Again, not this one as much as some of the later ones. I, I don't know. I think it would have been better if it was not English. Yeah, I don't know who wrote it, but yeah, like you said, I get the vibe that it might have been from a non-native English speaker, which is fine, but like, lyrics were very uncomplicated and surface level, but not really in a good way. I, yeah. I know I know exactly what you're saying, yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, there are some other songs later on which are very like they kind of they encompass the same themes of loss and relationships and that kind of stuff, but they they somehow manage to convey that message in a, a more meaningful and passionate way. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. So, Ellis, you kind of said that this would probably be upper half, but not make a whole lot of damage, right? Yeah, I like it. It's not my kind of song in the way that it is yours, but I think it is still a a, a fun song, like a well put together song, and it's a good performance. So, I think it's up there. Yeah, this one has televoting as well. So, yeah. I, I I was kind of keeping careful track of audience response. I this one didn't seem to have a very big audience response. So, I would say. Eh, like just below half. Alrighty. So I think that concludes our thoughts on Azerbaijan. And now we're moving on to song number two, which was uh, Spain's Daniel DJs with the song Algo Pequeñito, which means something small. I start with this one. Yes. Yeah. So, call me crazy, but I think this is my favorite performance of the night. This is my winner. Whoa. That is bold. The, it's bold, and for, like, for some reason, I love this. I think the song is... I don't know, the song is really good. I think it's... I mean, I, I wouldn't really listen to it outside of Eurovision, but it's very, it's very dramatic. I like the instrumentation. It's very kind of evocative of like a carnival or circus kind of music, um, which can easily be really grating, but I think this works well i loved the choreography with like the um with, like the ballerina and the clown and the raggedy and all i just thought it worked really well and i think that the singer was he was really good live and he had a lot of stage presence and charisma it, yeah and just like the court like the dancers just really stole the show for me and there's just so many good moments i loved at the end when like it kind of had this like climax and then they were all just kind of like circling around him but like the soldier was marching and the, the ballerina was doing like ballet moves and the clown was cartwheeling. I just thought it was really fun. I don't know. So this song is kind of rivaled by a couple of other ones for me for like my absolute favorite, but I think this is my winner of the year. Wow. That is, I mean, okay. I definitely agree with your assessment of the choreography. I mm. think were it not for like uh, another thing that's pretty consistent throughout these performances is that the camera work is a lot more uh, intimate with the performers a lot of the performances you spend most of the time just looking at the performer or spinning around the performer or the the performer is spinning around you like <laughs> were it not for that the dancers would have just stolen the show immediately because they were they were insanely impressive very on theme in a great way i love the costuming as well pink and gray is a color scheme which i personally love and is not that prominent I, I also thought the instrumentation was very impressive and dramatic, but what what kind of flopped for me is the... We're actually the lyrics. They felt 
literally small, which is kind of funny given the, the name. Perhaps it was on purpose, but they felt small compared to the drama of the backing tracks. Like there's this one point where the music swells, explosions, you know, there's some pyrotechnics and his his delivery of the chorus just feels left behind by those aspects. So, I mean, I thought it was good for sure. I would definitely not put it at the top though. Like just vocally, I think it was okay. It was nothing exceptional. Lyrically, I think it was okay. It was nothing exceptional. Performance-wise, great. Amazing. I'm all for it. I'm surprised that no one, I mean, I'm sure Ellis would have talked about this if I hadn't, uh, but yes. <laughs> there's uh there's one point where a an audience member in a red beanie and a black shirt runs on stage and joins in the dance and at first i was like huh i i'm not really sure if this is part of the show because <laughs> this performer daniel diaz does not flinch yeah, oh my god so, so well. impressive he was cool as a cucumber and later that guy's escorted off the stage and once he leaves another guy comes on and joins daniel in singing and i thought i is this a bit like was that first guy a joke we're going <laughs> to escort this guy off the stage as well and just kind of keep on you know people are going to be forced to leave the stage in a in a kind of bit of comedy which i guess would have fit the theme because since it was very much like childlike whimsy and wonder but that did not happen so when we later heard that that was an accident and they get to perform again i i was i i had a little bit of a laugh there yeah definitely um and that actually Brings us to our first controversy corner, actually. Hey, Ooh. Controversy corner. Yeah, so, um, yeah, like you guys saw, the performance was invaded by um, Catalonian pitch invader Jimmy Jump. Oh. Um, you might also know him from uh, invading the 2004 Euro football game between Greece and Portugal and the 2010 World Cup finals in Johannesburg between Spain and the Netherlands. He's all over the place, man. Good for him. Yeah, he is. Um, and also, um, it's worth noting the hat that he was wearing is called a berrettino, which is a, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, but it's a traditional hat worn by men in Christian cultures of the Mediterranean, including his native Catalonia. Um, and like Milan said, Spain was allowed to perform a second time because their performance was interrupted, even if it was in a kind of minor way. And there was also a difference between like the first performance and the second performance, but whatever. Out of curiosity, was his invasion any sort of Catalan independence thing? Or was it just? I like, don't really know. Huh. Didn't didn't say anywhere. It might have been. No, and this is also like not the first time that there's been stage invasion at Eurovision. It wasn't the last, and there are a lot more. There there have been a few. Like there was one in 2018 in particular that was overtly political. So it I oh, I forget his name. Honestly, it's not worth it. I don't want to give him a platform. But um, this guy yeah. invaded um the stage at Eurovision 2018, the the UK performance, and his whole platform is like freedom of speech, which is fine but his main thing is that like he thinks that people with extremist right views are being silenced and that's not okay um i ch i looked at his twitter like two days ago and all of his posts have that has the hashtag all lives matter and there was one in particular that caught my eye that was like the uk has silenced alex jones and kitty hopkin this is not okay this needs to be stopped this is active suppression and no one's talking about it and there are a bunch of hashtags and one of them was of course all lives matter um so yeah, he's um, insane, and <laughs> I don't align myself with his beliefs at all. So, <laughs> uh, Alice, um, what did you think about 
about Spain's performance? Uh, it's kind of weird because I really I don't know how much I enjoyed it. Like I definitely didn't like it as much as you did, and I thought the presentation and the look of it was like, oh my god, what is why? Um, but that said, like he sang it really well. And also, I have a, a thing about songs that don't do anything. To pull an example from recent charts, Dance Monkey. It's a fun <laughs> song. It's a fun hook. But it doesn't do anything because it does the same thing the entire song. And there's no buildup and release. This song nails the buildup and release. Yeah. Like, I, it, it was not, it wasn't one of my favorite songs of the evening. But I will give it credit for being a really well written song and a well-performed song all right kings um i think for this one given that it performed both almost first like in the beginning and last it's definitely in people's minds yeah so that's gotta that's gotta bump it up mm -hmm. significantly <clears throat> definitely top half i don't think top five but up there for sure yeah i think this one it gets points for being a good song it gets points for being very memorable it gets points for going twice and i think it might also get sympathy points for stage invasion yeah so it would not surprise me at all if this ends up in like the seven to four range hmm. all right so after spain we had norway's diedrich solitangen with the song my heart is yours I don't know how much we're gonna have to say about this one yeah can i can i start on this one go for it yeah go for it so i am not i don't i'm not particularly good at listening to lyrics when i listen to songs particularly for the first time like quinn who was on last week can attest to this because we listen to songs almost the opposite way but this one even even to me this one stuck out as having just awful awful lyrics <laughs> like i wouldn't be able to tell you what any of them were because i've banished them from my memory but I was just listening to it and just going like, oh, God, why? Yeah, so this one kind of sucked. Yeah, I I totally second that. I just, it is such a nothing song. It's, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just so boring and there's nothing to it. And like last week I talked about the song and the performance making active choices. There is not a choice in this performance. Yeah. He said, I'm going to sing a ballad. And that's the only choice he made. Um, but also, I was looking it up because I was like, huh, Norway is a country that usually does well. I wonder what the competition was that year. And I looked it up, and in the selection for the Norwegian song, there was a power metal band oh. and um, this this boy band called A1. Do you know them? I feel like I've heard the name. I only know it from the state. Yeah, they're, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're like a British-Norwegian boy band that are famous for doing a cover of Take On Me by AHA. Nice. Oh. Yeah, so basically, Norway had options, and they chose the wrong one, Yeah, is what I'm saying by that. <laughs> Yeah, this is also this is one that I would doubt I would not have any love lost if it was to get replaced by a by one of the better ones from the semis. So I have yeah, and this one qualified automatically. Oh, oh wow, won last year, right? Yeah, yeah, the host country always qualifies automatically. 
Can they not? Can they choose not to perform? <laughs> Why would you? <laughs> I mean, you don't want to host again, right? That's a sure way. <laughs> Do you know how you can also be sure not yeah, to host true. again? Submit this song. That is true. I had a lot of notes on the staging. There was uh, <clears throat> this kind of drapery in the or like around the back of the stage that felt weirdly like I don't know sensual in a way. <laughs> um, yeah, it was like yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. Sensual <laughs> drapery. Yeah, I have that in my notes. <laughs> his his voice was very like timid in the beginning. I think he was not confident on that stage until the end of the performance. That's mean that means like, you know, 80% of the song is not good because it's really only a vocal performance. There's nothing noticeable about the instrumentation or the setting of the stage or there's like there's no choreography. He kind of turns a little bit. I called it a uh, a worse ballad like a worse version of the UK 88 ballad. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's worse than that, but like it is definitely bad. Well, I mean, we said that one was terrible yeah. and then it got like second by one <laughs> point. So Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It was a different yeah. time. Also, there were pyrotechnics in this one, um, yeah. which it felt so wrong because it's this kind of slow, Are there? slow ballad. And the buildup, sure, it was there, but it wasn't as significant as Spain's. Like Spain's, you climbed a mountain in that song, pretty much. This one, you climbed a molehill, maybe. Oh. Uh, but the the <laughs> fireworks were right behind the drapery, and the only thing I could think of that entire time was, "Oh my God, those are going to catch fire!" It is so wild that this had pyrotechnics. Yeah, it was not a weird decision. It's not a okay. weird decision. <laughs> um, also, very to, weird to Ellis's point about the lyrics. Uh, this is, you know, there's like the classic genre of stalker songs. Every breath you <laughs> yes. take, that kind of stuff. This this huh. is another another entry into the stalker song genre. We are far apart. I'm by your side. Yeah. I'm always watching you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Weird, weird stuff. I, I would hope that this is in the bottom, very close to the bottom. But the audience reaction was pretty big. I mean, it's so, also in Norway, so it's got hometown advantage. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I think the only like the only other notable thing for me about this one is that it's the first instance of what would become a theme this year, which is heartthrobs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah sure. definitely. There's, there's a couple of dudes that are like, ah, yes, I'm going to do the dreamy singer thing. And this was the first one. So I think it's almost every other song yeah. from this point on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. I feel like you guys have made it clear that this is a low ranking song in your eyes. Yeah, dumpster this. It's bottom couple for me. For sure. So, um, song number four is Moldova's Sunstroke Project in Oliatira with Runaway.
That was beautiful. Yes. <laughs> I'm assuming that has to be Alex, right? Thank you. Oh, yeah. Okay, thank you so much. Yeah. I found a couple of kazoos in my basement the other week, and I'm having a lot of fun with it. Well, I have a story about kazoos, but that's neither here nor there. So perhaps <laughs> that's a three out of four voices thing. Um, all, the, all of the performances <laughs> are introduced by showing a graphic of their, like the, the home country's, I guess, territory. Um, and when it, this one showed up, I'm like, huh, maybe I don't know geography as well as I thought I did. And then I saw that it was Moldova, and I'm like, okay, that explains it. <laughs> yes, um, and as soon as this performance started, I knew exactly what it was. I had forgotten about this before, but this is, like Ellis uh, alluded to with his wonderful kazoo performance, the origins of the epic sax guy meme. Yes. Oh my god, it's so worth it. It's so worth it. <laughs> it starts with a violinist who has like an LED light up violin spinning around really fast on one corner of the stage and things go up from there. <laughs> it is fast. It is up tempo. The lyrics are fine. The outfits are <laughs> the outfits are supreme, I said. I'll, I'll just read my notes for this one. Uh, Ulia Tira's crumpled skirt with a garter belt and thigh-high boots is a sci-fi wet dream. Her earrings look like heating <laughs> coils. The fashion yeah. is just anti-fashion yes. enough to work without being cringy. Almost an ironic callback to the early 2000s. I loved <laughs> this one. And, you know, of course I've seen it before because of Epic Sax Guy, but, oh, it stands the test of time. It was so fun. It is so, like, engaging and danceable. I mean, okay, there's some other danceable songs on here that don't include this kind of quote-unquote traditional or like classical instruments. I guess acoustic is another way of saying that. Like this one somehow, including those in a, in a modern way, in a contemporary way, elevates it to a whole other level. I love it. I absolutely love it. I can't yeah. get enough of this song. <laughs> I am so with you. As soon as so... My mom has gotten very into watching the Eurovisions with me when I watch them for research. Awesome. And so I was watching this and she was sitting next to me and I saw Sunstroke Project and Olia Tiara pop up on like the, the, the lower third and I immediately popped and she didn't understand at first and then we watched the song and then she understood. <laughs> I, I am so with you, Mill. <laughs> this song is so good. And like, because I didn't, I didn't even write notes on this one because I've seen this video so many times. Just because, like, it's so good. It's so good. She looks like Bubblegum Pop Warboy from Mad Max. You know what um, she looks like? Uh, what? Man, who's that one acapella group that uh, got way too famous for no reason? Yeah, yeah, the, the, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they have the yeah, yeah, they have the Punk medley. Yeah, the Daft Punk. She looks movie. like she looks like the female performer from Pentatonix in the Daft Punk. <laughs> I mean, I think she's she's better than this. This song is better than anything Pentatonix. Oh, has oh, made. absolutely. This absolutely. song, it's yeah. so good. It's so good. It's a banger and a half, dude. I love this song. Yeah, I think we're in total agreement. I feel like this is one of the rare few songs, just like in general not even in the context of Eurovision, that knows exactly what it is so firmly that just like, occasion of like good or bad aspects are kind of irrelevant just because it's fun and it's a vibe. And even if there are like aspects of it that don't work, like everything that about this performance, everything that goes into it just contributes to how perfect it is. I don't know, this isn't making sense, but it's just really good performance. And it's hard to quantify why 
it's just so good. Yeah. It's and so also, like, good. Sunstroke and Olia are clearly very, very good experienced performers because they are absolutely killing it up there. They look so confident. They look so comfortable. And they just like, it, it sounds like it could be the recorded version because they are just drilling everything. This is one of those ones where it's like, this is a song that works in any context. This isn't like, this isn't Eurovision good. This is just good. Which is huge praise. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I still feel like at the same time though, this is very like intrinsically Eurovision oh, in a certain way. But I mean, also like, yeah, we mentioned stereo love at the top of the show. And I think that 2010, like I don't, we'll, we'll see, um, we'll see as we get deeper into the Eurovision rabbit hole. But I feel like this is one of those moments where Eurovision aligned with pop music generally. And this could just be because I, I at the time and now listen to a lot of European pop and my formative years of listening to music were very much European pop from this era, very much this sort of cheesy Ibiza electro. And this is like, this fits in so well with that. Stereo Love was charting, and this is in that same vein. And it's so like, it's, it's so good. It's so good. We're all in agreement. Absolutely. How do you think this one will do I though? I am really disappointed in my assessment. I feel like this is, to me, as Sufi was to Ellis. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I love it. I, I want it to place well. I don't think it will. I think... So, here's the thing. I'm, I'm fairly certain I remember this not winning. I don't remember where it placed, and I don't even remember if I'm correct there. Jonathan, please don't tell me until later. But, like... I think that even if this doesn't win, it's just, it's good enough that it's gotta be in the top 10 at least. Because I think the overall quality of this year was fairly high, but even still, this sticks out and is just better than so many of the songs. I don't see this getting very low at all. I mean, it has to be, it right. has to be top half. It if has it's to not, be top half. If it's not, I'm not doing this show anymore. I'm fairly certain this is top 10. And, and I need it, I would love, love, love it to be like top three, but I cannot remember where it plays. Alrighty. So next we have song number five, which is Cypress's John Lily Green and the Islanders, the song Life Looks Better in Spring. Um, I just have a few things to say at the start. I thought this was going to be, just from the title, a, a Music Sounds Better With You by Stardust kind of copy. Um, it was not, I will say, which is kind of disappointing. This, I, I forget who, I think it was Ellis that said the heartthrob yeah. theme. Yeah. This is uh, definitely the heartthrob. This yeah, dude looks first, like he's 15. The first thing I have written down is Cypriot heartthrob. <laughs> This dude, like, he looks like he's 15. 
He has a the microphone duct tape to his guitar. Oh, that's it's... what the tape is for. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I think it was the microphone. Yeah, it looked yeah, like yeah. It was it was very much a like ah oh, this is sweet. Yes. It kind of endearing the audience to the, to the performance. That is all I had to say. Is the intro? I have more to say about the song, but Jonathan, if you wanna if you wanna continue, please go for it. I have a very like specific and distinct connection with this song. Oh, really? He so not like actually, but um, an association maybe is a better word. So this guy, in both like appearance and attitude, is exactly like this guy I had a crush on in high school. Who, upon like looking back retrospectively, his only personality trait was that he played guitar and had an album on Spotify, <laughs> and he was kind of just a self-centered prick. Yeah. Um, and I imagine that he's pretty much the same way, and I get that vibe from the song. <laughs> um, but that being said, it's kind of nice. Um, yeah. I think out of the two dudes with acoustic guitar songs, this one is better for me than the other. Interesting. Yeah, I can agree with that for the most part. I think. Yeah, but it's not. It's still like not really favorite. For me, I don't really know what else to say because it's not super offensive. We talked about um train yeah. earlier in the podcast, and this reminds me a lot of something that they might do. Yeah, I was thinking Jason Mraz and also one thing same, that's same deal. Yeah, I was thinking that too. One thing that's really weird is that so John Lily Green is not from Cyprus at all. He's from Wales. Oh, that's okay. disappointing. Which you know that happens that like sometimes people represent different countries, but I don't know how the Cypriots found him because I did some like surface level research and apparently they were only looking for songs that were written by people from cyprus so the person who wrote the song was from cyprus but i don't know how they found him because like huh. i was looking at his wikipedia page and he was kind of just like this nobody singer songwriter from wales that played in bars so weird good for him honestly he's kind of an enigma <laughs> yeah i mean yeah anyway i thought this didn't suck um i thought it was a nice cool down yeah. song from moldova like it was in the perfect spot in the running order um because we've just gotten hyped up and had a nice dance and this is like an opportunity to sit down and have a drink of water and be like oh look at this guy i I love the tape on the guitar it was like i was like yeah this is a this is a ballad that i can enjoy it's fun so yeah yeah i i, I didn't have many comments on this except two vibes that it fit for me it felt very much like a uh, boy band takes an emotional turn just in time for summer kind of song. Yeah. Like this is one that you could swim to almost. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I also called it a baby's first ballad. Like it was simple. <laughs> it was simple. It was easy to perform. It was fun. It wasn't, you know, wasn't great, but it wasn't, they're kind of like engineered to be cool. And then one thing that I have to comment on is just how long that bass was. There's this one performer with a bass guitar that looks almost as tall as him. Yeah. It, I don't know what kind of instrument. There were no frets. no frets. Like the neck was. I don't think. I don't even think I could reach that far. Like all no, the way to the end. Men with long guitars, <laughs> long strings. <laughs> it was just. I was. <laughs> I was really confused by that. That's all I have to say on it. But. Yeah, I think we're all in agreement that this was like a perfectly lovely performance, which is kind of. Something that I kind of use to describe songs that I don't really like, but I actually did like this one. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it will get a perfectly lovely ranking somewhere in the middle. <laughs> second that yeah, moment? yeah. I, I was just thinking about it for a second, and like the the audience reaction was not very strong. But if there's a jury, there's a jury vote as well, right? Okay. Yeah. 
50-50. Yeah, okay. Then I think that's what's going to bump it up to the middle. It's a middling song. It's fine. <laughs> All right. So after Cyprus, we had Bosnia and Herzegovina's Thunder and Lightning by Vukashin Brajic. It's Bosnia Joe Armstrong. <laughs> Who's Joe Armstrong? Bosnia Joe Armstrong, uh, as in Billy Joe Armstrong of Green Day. Oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> I I have something very similar to say about yeah. this. <laughs> yeah, it's like this one was kind of weird because he's very much leaning into pop punk aesthetics because he's got a kind of kind of soft punk looking haircut. He's got the jeans with the big wallet chains that are going down over his chucks, and he's got this red blazer and a guitar with like. A riveted strap but at the same time the song is very very like formulaic eurovision pop so this was like this is a weird one because it's like i appreciate that he's going for pop punk but he needs to go way more punk and way less pop i called it a rock ballad but i think similar yeah that's i said um that this is sort of the type of song that i would expect from the american idiot musical yeah 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 just in general a rock musical like the one that they made with like the stick the and sticks yeah or it's very rock opera. rock of ages something like that mm -hmm. yeah very that and yeah it's just kind of like they're trying a little bit too hard and it's a little bit overproduced and like like you said Alice, i think it needs to lean a little bit more into kind of like punk rock side of the song as opposed to the show tune side and actually when i first listened to this contest like four or five years ago this was my winner out of all of them oh since then i do not feel the same way at all yeah. <laughs> I take it your musical taste has shifted dramatically. I wouldn't say that in some ways, yeah. But I just back then, I think a lot of like rock adjacent Eurovision entries could do no wrong in my eyes. But now I kind of am a little bit more discriminatory. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I thought the song. I mean, I, I completely agree with everything that you two have said so far. The the staging and the performance itself, like. It was almost in darkness, except for they had this wall of lights behind them that occasionally flashed white. And uh, I don't know. It was just, it felt over overly, like, yeah, okay. Like Ellis and Jonathan have been saying this whole time, the aesthetics are much more punk and the performance is not so. And it just didn't, it didn't work out too well. I do like the fact that it was more of that kind of guitar music type of thing. Uh, but then later on, we have just a much better entry for the same, I guess you could say, genre of song. Absolutely. So, I don't know. This is, it wasn't worthwhile. The vocals were a little bit weird sounding. This is one of the ones where I think it didn't have to be in English. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm disappointed because it could have been good. Do you think that'll factor into the scores? I don't. I really. I have no clue where this is going to end up, and I think I'll be okay with wherever, because it's like I think it's a perfectly fine Eurovision song. I I can definitely see it trending towards the bottom because, like Milan said, there are other songs that do better. But like this one, yeah, sure, it can go anywhere. Yeah, I I don't want it to be like a dead last. I don't think it will, but it doesn't deserve to be in the top. It doesn't deserve to be in the bottom. Therefore, it has to be somewhere in between. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. Okay. So 
after Bosnia with song number seven, which was Belgium's Tom Dice and his song, Me and My Guitar. So maybe I should get the nine five. But I don't want to let it go. There's so much more to life. Tell me that I got it wrong. Tell me everything will be okay. I don't have that much to say about this song, uh, aside from, ooh, great lighting. Um, but also, he, this dude is just Belgian passenger, and that oh. is the start and end of the conversation, I think. <laughs> um, just because, like, he's got that sort of, there's this sort of sort of voice that Passenger has and that the dude from Alt-J has, and it can be done well, and this is trending towards the done less well side. <laughs> but like it's also a perfectly nice song and a perfectly nice performance and it's it's a well-executed white dude with a guitar song so yeah <laughs> yeah for me this was belgian james powder oh the guy who did you because you had a bad day yeah, that's oh, daniel, okay. daniel powder daniel powder my bad uh, yeah i mostly agree i i recognize that this is kind of a good performance the lighting is there it's very intimate but ultimately it kind of does nothing for me yeah it's definitely of its time and i don't know if it's aged particularly well I I actually liked it. I mean, I did too, but I didn't dislike it. Yeah, I we've all made connections with this one. I said he's like a Belgian Jason Mraz or Andy Grammer. Andy Grammer, Andy Grammer <laughs> works well. Andy, yeah. I thought like because of its simplicity and because of like we mentioned with the Azerbaijan performance, kind of the the potential for overproduction of the the staging and whatnot. It was it was a nice kind of lovely little intimate you know one-on-one -on -one performance he called out the nine to five that's a, that's an everyman appeal he said bye-bye at the end which i thought was cute like it was there was the kind of it was a bunch of these small little things that endeared this song to me it made me smile i don't think it'll win for sure but i, I like listening to it nice yeah, i i had a very similar take actually i think it's going to do well it's not going to win but it's going to be up there yeah the audience reaction for this one was very strong. So, yeah. I mean, as far as placement goes, if we're just going to jump right into it. I would say this is probably going to be in the top five. Do you agree, Ellis? I don't know if I would go that high. It's I, I don't know if I would go top five, but it's definitely top ten, I think. I have a, <laughs> I have a very clear-cut personal top five that I don't think is going to be the ranking top five, but I do have, a, like, it's not in my personal top five. All right. Okay, so... I think that means we're ready to move on to song number eight, which is Serbia, with the song Ovoje Balkan, which means This is Balkan by Milan Stankovic.
Oh, oh man, oh man. Uh, I kind of don't want to start with this one. It's it's too much. I'll start. It's too much. Oh, also, just like before we start talking about it at all, there was a. Uh, I watched the full version, and they did, they did like shots of all the people in the tunnels before they went on stage. And this this guy had the best one of the night. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Doing his hair, looking looking like. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. Also, one thing, one thing that I noticed, sorry to interrupt, is that kind of similar to that Moldova thing where they show the border. This one, they only showed half of the country, and I was like, is there some kind of border dispute going on in Serbia right now? I mean, presumably a Montenegro. There it was. Yeah, I looked it up. <laughs> uh, Croatia. The Kosovo, yeah. Oh, it was Croatia and Serbia in the, at this point. Oh, do that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, at this point, it was still kind of ongoing. So they just chopped off the half that somewhat borders Croatia, which I thought was pretty funny. I noticed that too. <laughs> this is all right. I'll, I'll let you get back to it, Jonathan. Oh my God. So just the stark contrast of Belgium's just like, like soft rock vibes, guitar song, and just the first few seconds of the song are just like, it's like big bombastic brass introduction. Then there, there's just so much with the song. He's wearing this like dazzle like remember those things in like the 2000s it was like a gun sort of yeah. that you could just put rhinestones onto any article of clothing yeah. they used that liberally it's if you took that to pt barnum <laughs> yeah that and just this is such a fun high energy song i like it a lot he has a lot of stage presence he kind of looks like a k-pop star I, no, because of his hair same but... thing i said quote dude is what i imagine the final boss of k-pop idols to look like <laughs> 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 Yeah, and this is sort of like a Moldova in a way that it's hard to describe what's good and bad about this one. It's just like just like fun all around. Yeah. I I really adored this. I thought this was fantastic. That said, this dude cannot sing at all. Not at all. Not a what? drop of pitch in this dude's voice. The only part that sounded good was the chorus when he had the those voice effects applied yeah, to make him sound yeah. kind of like he was speaking through a like, radio. I wrote down at the end, I love the bits he doesn't have to actually sing in because the performance is great. His outfit is wild and out. His hair is wild and out. His like, I love the, the Balkan, 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 come on bit in the chorus. I thought that was super fun. But listening to him sing, it's just like, oh, no, no, baby. But it's it's this was a blast. I thought. This was, for me, a cursed version of Maldo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like oh i guess the the best words that i could use to describe it are bubblegum mariachi yes um, it is like it's yeah. it's totally fitting it's such a weird tune like ella said the vocals were not great there was these two female performers um who also do some vocals in the background who were kind of in these rotating tubes acting like dolls which I was not a huge yeah. fan of that felt, I don't know, a little bit sexist. I, oh my God, it was just crazy. It was uh, a lot to take in all at once. Mm -hmm. I, I, yeah, I would say I was a little bit overstimulated <laughs> with this one. The weird coattails and these like <laughs> pink duck boots, like pink LL Bean duck, duck boots. boots. He's just the boots. What is duck that? boots. I know. It with anything it was so else strange. in his performance, but I love them. I kind of want them actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did some he did some fancy footwork kind of moves. It was wow. It was just I, I would say this is the closest to a meme song so yeah. far. Yeah. 
kind of like I mean, Austria's in 2003. Yeah. Also, does the um, successful sitcom freeze frame jumps during the chorus? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. weird. <laughs> yeah, this one. This one's worth uh, looking up and having a watch for sure. Definitely. This one in Moldova, so far at least. Yeah. Huh. This one is hard to predict how it might do, but no, how do you think it would? I have no clue. <laughs> I know it's not yeah. going to win. I have no clue aside from that. <laughs> it's just so off the rails. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm with you on this one. This is either going to get dumpstered or it's going to Verka Sarduchka its way into like fourth or third. Um, and I have no, I don't know. It could go anywhere. All yep. I'm saying is that I hope it's not in the middle. This is the, yeah. this is the opposite of that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the opposite of Bosnia and Herzegovina. <laughs> it has to do well or terribly. Yeah, there's no alternative. All right. So, oh God. Okay. So <laughs> next we're moving on to song number nine, which is Belarus's three plus two featuring Robert Wells with the song Butterflies. Yeah, this is not only my least favorite performance of the year, but it's one of my least favorite Eurovision performances of all time. Oh God, is this is truly awful? This. Hot take. What? Did you like it? No, 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 not at all. But okay. that is that is I, wow. That is a significant. You've seen a lot of Eurovision song contests, I presume. I hate this so much. I have, and I just. <laughs> well, first of all, first of all, part of my hatred is visit the controversy corner we're about to go Ooh. to. Oh. So. Controversy Corner. Yeah, so here's the thing. So, Belarusian president, president of Belarus, head of state, if you will, yeah. Alexander Lukashenko, um, expressed dissatisfaction with the way that uh, Eurovision was being prepared by the BTRC broadcaster in the past few years. Again, the head of state in Belarus created a different division um, with a different broadcaster called ONT. So then ONT on their website called for a group of six female soloists to be assembled. But that was eventually abandoned because they couldn't get that to work out. So they ended up having a national final show where like a bunch of different songs performed and then the country voted. Then the song Don't Play In Love by Artem Mihalenko was chosen. But because ONT didn't have EBU membership and couldn't gain it in time for Eurovision, their plans to send him there were thwarted because ultimately it was choice of BTRC, which is the original broadcaster. Yeah. It's all very confusing. But anyway, uh, once that was kind of all dealt with, TRC ended up selecting the group 3 plus 2 with the song Far Away, which was second place in the oh. show that um, the other broadcaster did. Oh. And then three days before the deadline to submit songs for the Eurovision contest, 3 plus 2 changed their song to Butterflies for unknown reasons. Oh my god. And Far Away isn't good, but it's like, it, it, I mean, it's not bad, but it's it's kind of like this like pop rock bop sort of thing, but also kind of low in quality, but so much better than this. I mean, this song is just absolutely nothing. Like, I would call it dated, but I don't even think this emulates a type of song that was ever popular at any time. <laughs> it's just 
just this like dumb boring piano ballad that just like does nothing and there are also like two lead singers the first one the, like the guy with the long hair can't really sing yeah. and there's the other one he's fine i guess yeah. then there's literally nothing until the key change at the end where there are these tacky butterfly wings that oh, pop up behind the female backing singers they just like look so stupid yeah i like exactly. and one of one of and one of my biggest gripes with this song is that this qualified from the semifinals. <laughs> that okay, yeah, that's a good point. On, that's part of why this infuriates me so much because okay, so this qualified in semifinal one. This qualified over um Slovakia, this qualified oh. over Finland, qualified over Poland, this qualified over Macedonia, oh. which are all songs that I would gladly have in the final above Belarus. Yeah. This song is like atrocity. I don't know how else to say it. I guess I'm gonna hand it over to you guys. <laughs> Yeah, I was asleep through half of this, and then they pulled their wings, and I just went, oh, oh, for like 30 seconds, and then fell asleep again. <laughs> yeah. This was the first song where I really noticed that it was in English, and that was a bad thing. <laughs> um, yes. Oh, my God. He's lyric. Lyrically, yeah, it was actively in English. Actively in English. Yeah, it was, it was really bad. <laughs> Also, the name of the band Three Plus Two is not creative. There are three girls and two guys. And the female singers can somewhat sing, but their talents were wasted because for some reason yeah. they gave half of the main of the verses and whatnot to the guy who can't sing at all, and then the other half to another guy who still really can't sing, <laughs> just <laughs> somewhat less so than the first person. Can't sing but in red. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> I the only things that I liked about this performance were the wings and then the pianist's like embroidered jacket. I thought his that was, was great. Yeah, his jacket was cool. I'm yeah. assuming that's Robert Wells. In which case, Robert Wells, yeah. I apologize that you were ever a part of this. I uh, oh my god, this has to be dead last for me. Yeah, I don't know. Like this is one of those ones where. The song is just dreadful. It's so bad. But that said, those butterfly wings have to be one of the funniest parts of this night. Because, like, <laughs> while I was watching the song, I, I saw, like, oh, weird. They've got these, like, these little, like, hoop adornments on their dresses. That's an odd choice by the designer. And then I didn't realize until after they pulled it that, oh, those were the pull tabs to activate the wings. I thought the wings were just <laughs> so, so funny. Because it's an attempt to mm -hmm. inject drama into what is otherwise a, an entirely dead song. So I thought that was wildly entertaining, unlike everything else about this song. <laughs> oh, man, it's just so bad. <laughs> There are songs that are bad because they're yeah. not memorable, and then there's this and Cry Baby by the UK. <laughs> <laughs> this is actively so bad. Oh my god. It, I know that there are other better Belarusian bands out there. Why, why oh, there are. Why not anyone else? Because they lost their national final. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> no what was the other band? Okay, anyway. What was the other band that you mentioned actually did win? It was an individual, and I'm pretty sure it he it was one of the members of Three Plus Two. Let me oh check. no! Oh no! Yeah, it was Artsem Mihalenka, which is the one who can't ah! sing. Ah! So you're telling me? I don't even want to say it. It's just so bad. 
that if the other broadcaster had their way, they would have sent that asshole by himself. No. Oh my god. He that would have been better because then he wouldn't have qualified. <laughs> I wonder why, like what, what allowed this one to enter? Because I mean, like you're saying, and I can only I, I can only trust you because I did not watch the qualifiers rather than non-qualifiers. But there must have been something about this that was engaging enough. And it can't Butterfly just be the wings. wings. That's what it is. It's like, oh, that's lovely. I think, I'll, that's... I think I'll throw a televote to that. Went second to last in the running order, which made it kind of memorable in that way. And it had the butterfly wings. That's literally it. I hate this one. Let's move on. Oh boy. Okay. So anyway, this is bottom of the barrel. This is last place or damn near last place. Yeah. So I think it's time to move on. Yes. Yeah. Our next song is uh, song number 10, which is Ireland's Neve Kavanaugh with the song It's For You. How about Ella starts this one? Because I know already that we have different opinions about this. Yeah, this might have been my least favorite one of the night. Honestly. Are you joking? Literally right after Belarus. Yeah, I know. I'm offensive. I'm offended by that. Because Belarus at least attempted to do something dramatic. This was just actively nothing to me. I did not like this at all i thought like i thought the song was boring i thought she was just okay like i thought her dress is awful the staging is weird it's just i i there was nothing to enjoy about this for me because at least with the last one i could go haha this is bad look at their butterfly wings literally the only thing that i enjoyed about this was the tin whistle Oh, this just in, Ellis hates the Irish and supports <laughs> UK imperialism. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I'm obviously kidding, but I I, mean, I, I really like this. Better. This is like, yeah, we'll get to that. But um, yeah, I, I really like this one. This is definitely in my top 10 of the entire year. I just think that this is a really nice ballad. She has a great voice, a great voice. And I, and I liked the traditional Irish elements. I liked the green lighting. I liked um, the tin whistle. I just think this is overall a very like well done classy ballad. I didn't like her dress. I thought the weird chunky jewels, her cleavage were kind of weird. If that were on Project Runway, um, it would be in the bottom too for sure. Yeah, it also just fits her terribly. Yeah, yeah, very poorly constructed. Yeah, but I just think this is really nice. I don't know. I like this one a lot. What do you think, Melon? <clears throat> I'm okay. I'm more with a Jonathan, just because this was not my least favorite performance. <laughs> I, I I liked her voice, especially coming straight from Belarus, like that definitely bumped <laughs> Ireland up just from the running order. Welcome, welcome surprise coming from, oh my God, the train wreck that was the lyrics <laughs> from the Belarusian entry. <laughs> um, I, I, I mean, of course, we all agree with the dress, not great. Eh, it's fine. I think that before that whistle came in, it was a very like blase kind of, you know, this could be performing an 88 kind of song. But with with that whistle came a lot of emotion and 
pep to it. And then the special effects for this one, this is the first one that I noticed that had uh, fog on the stage, like the smoke machine. Yeah. Um, and that one, I guess, with the with that kind of like Irish setting, like you mentioned, Jonathan, it, it, it fit pretty well. It was welcome. It made the whole thing seem more kind of mysterious and close up with the listener. I, I, I thought it was fine. Oh, this one also had the, the wind. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The hair blowing back. Machine. Yeah. So those, as far as special effects were cool, you know, I'm not going to say they're great or anything. This was not a great performance by any means, but I, I like the song. I thought it was fine. The thing about like, you were mentioning how it pulled in some like more traditional, like folky Irish elements of it. And I think this is this is the one I would love to see this replaced by Slovakia's from the semifinal because I think that just executed it better. Like I think that song does everything this does just a little bit better and more memorable and more fun. Well, I mean, if we're going to talk about pulling in traditional elements, we should talk about the next song. <laughs> oh, yes, please. <gasps> yes. Oh, okay. Um, we- before we do that, though, yeah, let's do the scores. Okay. Yeah. Um, basement bottom i don't see this getting out of the bottom half i i unfortunately agree with ellis in the bottom half thing but i think it's just just below middle i mean i realize i might be biased but like this one hit this one hit me (laughs) that's gonna do it for part one of our rewind on eurovision 2010 if you want to follow us on social media you can check us out on instagram at eurovision underscore rewind as well, if you would like to help out cover the costs of the show, you can bop on over to patreon.com forward slash vocab gumbo. All of our proceeds from that through the end of July are going to be donated to local Black Lives Matter charities and matched uh, once over by each member of the vocab gumbo team. Uh, we will have part two of the Eurovision 2010 coverage for you next week, featuring the second half of the performances, as well as revealing the results. So stick around for that. Thanks for listening. Uh, For Jonathan and Millen and everyone here at Vocab Gumbo, my name is Ellis. Thanks for listening.